time for seafood news. The Seafood News Podcast is back. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buckle. And I'm Erna Berry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This podcast is brought to you by Erna Berry's Winter Reporter, which is out now. The latest issue is packed with great stories, including a food trend forecast for 2021, a look at how restaurants have introduced new design concepts as a result of the pandemic, the scoop on Maui's new Captain Omega line, and much, much more. I really loved your piece, and I'm not just saying this because you wrote it, um, on mounting issues for the Pollock market. I still can't honestly get over the Pollock fleets running with the Russian ministry. Right? It was insane. It's literally a movie script. It's it's like, you know, with everything going on in 2020, it's like, what, what else could, you know... What else I know, right? <laughs> I know there's like all these like memes and jokes about like, you know, like the 2020 bingo card and what you had on it. And I definitely didn't have that. <laughs> no, no, I did not have the the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can read a digital copy of the magazine by visiting earnaberry.com slash reporter and Lauren's story is on page 51. So don't miss it. Thanks, Amanda. So now I can't believe it's been a month since our last Seafood News podcast. I know things got a little difficult between the holidays and going back to working remotely, but we're here now and we ain't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so yeah, Laura and I are recording separately from our homes. I don't know if you can tell on the audio, but uh, the kids and animals are locked out of our rooms and I think we'll be okay. We, we should be. Yes. In fact, I might record extra podcast episodes or at least say I am to get this peace and quiet. That's a good, good call. <laughs> Your mind is recording. Right? <laughs> Let's do these twice a day. <laughs> well, without any further ado, we've got a month of seafood news to catch up on. Well, I don't know if we have time for a month's worth of news, but we certainly can start with the biggest stories from this past week, like the new owners of Peter Pan Seafood Company finalizing the sale of the company on December 31st. New owners Roger May and Rob Gillum are optimistic about getting started with the new Peter Pan. Gillum, who is the CEO and chief investment officer of McKinley Capital, said in a press release that despite the struggles of 2020, consumer demand for wild, natural, and sustainable Alaska seafood remains high. Gillum says as markets begin to reopen and rebound, new Peter Pan is positioned to harness the brand strength of Alaska seafood as we transform the company and begin to create a new legacy. And as Seafood News editor Peggy Parker noted in her January 5th story on the subject, Peter Pan's old legacy is pretty impressive. The company began in Bristol Bay at the end of the 19th century and has continued through two world wars, a 40-year ownership by the world's largest seafood company, Tokyo-based Maruha Nichiro, and a lot of years in between. I mean, surviving 2020 is... <laughs> is a in itself. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the new owners of Peter Pan Seafood are, are really wasting no time on, on making moves in 21. The company has hired Silver Bay Seafood's chief operating officer, John Hickman, to serve as their new executive vice president of operations. Hickman held a COO position at Silver Bay Seafoods for 11 years. In other executive appointment news, Michael Guy, who served as chief financial officer for Fisherman's Finest for over 10 years, has left the company to serve as Silver Bay Seafood's new chief financial officer. He replaces Larson Mettler, who resigned from the position in July 2020. And David Lancaster is also starting the new year with a new position. Lancaster, who is Stavis Seafood's senior vice president, has been promoted to president in his new role. Lancaster will be responsible for the overall management and 
strategic direction of the company. He will also be charged with ex uh, executing the company's growth strategy by driving sales, increasing operational and purchasing efficiencies and execution, expanding the brand across multiple channels, and growing the retail and national account customer base and product capabilities. So he has his hands full this year. Oh yeah, so finger snaps for John Hickman, Michael Guy, and David Lancaster. Good job, guys. <laughs> Congrats all around. And now I thought it would be fun to start 21 with some shameful news. I was thinking maybe hey. uh, we can have our editor insert the Game hey. of Thrones shame bell. You know, shame, ding, shame, shame, Why not? No visuals for that one, though. No visuals. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a former bookkeeper of a New Bedford-based seafood company has been charged and pled guilty on uh, embezzling almost six hundred thousand dollars from her employer. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, crazy. So uh, the press release from the U.S. Attorney General's Office for the District of Massachusetts does not name the company. But Kara Howland in New Bedford is charged with bank fraud and filing a false tax return. Court documents show that Howland embezzled a total of five hundred ninety-eight thousand two hundred forty-one dollars from the company from January twenty sixteen to December twenty nineteen. She wrote checks from her employer's bank accounts to pay her credit card bills. <laughs> and then she altered the company's internal accounting records to make it appear that the checks were paid to legitimate vendors. That seems like a lot of work in itself. It does. The amount of stress. I mean, I need to know what she was buying or what trip she was going on. <laughs> but all I can say is, wow. So... Under the plea agreement, Helen will receive a sentence of 18 to 36 months in prison, a fine, and restitution. So now on to some happier news. Late last week, uh, news broke that Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo would be nominated to lead the Commerce Department. The National Fisheries Institute and Seafood Harvesters of America are applauding the news. That's right. NFI President John Connolly said in a statement that Governor Gina Raimondo is an innovator who understands the vital balance between resource management and the needs of the business community. Connolly said that we are encouraged that President-elect Biden has chosen a policymaker from a coastal state who knows the importance of harvesting and the full seafood supply chain for this leadership position. We look forward to working with her to ensure the continued sustainability of America's fisheries and the entire seafood value chain. Lee Habeger, executive director of the Seafood Harvesters of America, said in a statement that the group is pleased to see the Biden administration continue the important work of cabinet nominations, including the recent nomination of Governor Gina Raimondo for Commerce Secretary. Habeger said that in light of the increasing number of proposed actions in our federal waters, we sincerely hope Governor Raimondo's experience working with the commercial fishing industry in Rhode Island will guide her in ensuring our business continues to thrive. In particular, her leadership on the Special Area Management Plan will be useful as the Commerce Department navigates ambitious offshore wind goals. We look forward to her swift confirmation and working with Ms. Raimondo and the table during these and other fishery management discussions. And finally, let's wrap up the podcast with some market news. Lauren, why don't you kick us off with what's going on in the scallop market? Okay, scallop news. So year-to-date scallop imports for 2020 run through November. Uh, the imports just came out this week. And they total 32.3 million pounds, while the same 2019 timeframe reports 31.6 million pounds, which is a 2.6% or roughly 700,000 pound difference. So despite showing a gain over 2019, the previous five-year average for this 11-month timeframe far exceeds the current year-to-date import volumes by 8 million pounds. 
So scallop imports in 2019 were majorly affected by the tariffs on Chinese product. China is typically the leading supplier of scallops into the United States, but since the tariffs have been in play, Canada has since taken that role. In addition to the tariffs, increased consumption within China has also taken away some of the market share from the U.S. So currently looking at prices, U10, 10 to 20 and 20 to 30 count Atlantic sea scallops across all moisture contents um, are boasting record high or all time high prices. With a new season less than three months away, beginning in April, fishing efforts and inventory levels are dwindling, and this lays the groundwork for added upwards pressure on the market. However, with uncertainty remaining within the market surrounding food service affected by COVID-19 restrictions, the typical end of season behavior, which we usually see um, that increases, we could see that derail. So it's, it's all up in the air and on what the next few weeks and what the COVID situation will look like. Wow. Okay. Thanks, Lauren. Um, and finally, for November shrimp imports, uh, they show a slight decline from last year to 148.3 million pounds. This is the first time since June that there was a decline, although the pace was smaller than expected. Uh, Erner Berry Consulting Economist Angel Rubio forecasts 140.6 million pounds for this month. Of the top five trade partners, India and Thailand sent less to the United States, and this continued to be on trend from last month. Indonesia, Ecuador, and Vietnam all sent more. There continue to be some interest, uh, some interesting data points revealed this month. Mexico and China lagged significantly, Mexico down 30.9% and China down almost 50%. Supply concerns are, are ongoing for the former, while the latter needs protein to meet demand. Some of these countries are trying to supplement the deficit by more traditional trade partners and penetrate the lucrative U.S. market. In terms of product form, in the month of November, the U.S. imported less headless shell on, which includes easy peel and peeled. There was more cooked and breaded as focus centered on convenience. And that does it for us. So once again, this episode of the CFA News Podcast was sponsored by Erna Berry's Winter Reporter Magazine. Make sure you check it out at ernaberry.com slash reporter. And Lauren and I will be back here next week. Ain't that right, Lauren? Hopefully with better quality. <laughs> no guarantee. Better, wait, let me rephrase. Better sound quality. <laughs> the quality of our, our stories is always top. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.